I'm Mitch McCracken, and this is Memphis Music Interview, Memphis Music History Told from the Inside. My guest today is singer, songwriter, and producer Dan Penn. Dan wrote hit songs for the Box Tops, Conway Twitty, James and Bobby Purify, and many more. He worked with American Studios, Ardent, and Fame. He also owned his own studio, Beautiful Sounds, in East Memphis. Let's see, now you were in Muscle Shoals before you came to Memphis, right? That's right. I started out in Muscle Shoals. When you came to Memphis, uh, did you go to work with uh, Chips then? or? Yeah, yeah, I did. I went to, I went to, went to work over, uh, started writing for American over there. And that's, uh, you wrote Cry Like a Baby, right? So me and Spooner, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you also produce The Letter, right? Yes. Okay. And Cry Like a Baby. Right. And their first two albums. Okay. Now, and, you know, I interviewed uh, John Fry, and he was saying there for a while you were doing some work over there. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I would go over to John's and use the studio sometimes. They would they would be busy at American. Uh-huh. And I'd go over there and um, either mix or overdub I, I mix Cry Like a Baby at his studio. You did, uh, you started writing for, you've had a lot of people record your songs like uh, Conway Twitty, Janis Joplin, uh, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, I've had a pretty good run on that. I've had a lot of people record my songs and, you know, that's how you get there. Yeah. Well, now, do you enjoy writing more than performing? Myself now, you mean? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, well... No, I, st- I still like the studio work. I like to write and produce and, uh, you know, s- the same old thing. But I still go go out. Uh, currently, I'm, I play with Bobby Emmons, or he plays with me. We go we go to ever who calls me. You know, I, I have a call here and there. Sometimes I'll go overseas, sometimes here in, in America. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I played Memphis last year. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I did. I played at that college down there. Uh, me and Bobby played down there. Mm-hmm. At Rhodes College. Yeah. I forget just what what month it was. Mm-hmm. But it was seemed like it was cool weather. Right. Wait, go ahead. Might have been year before last. So I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> not, not so long ago. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. They kind they kind of uh, blend together. Um, oh, it does. But it you, does. You know, there was uh, George Flynn owns a radio station called The Pig, and we played a lot of your music, uh, Memphis Women and Fried Chicken. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's a great song. That is, <laughs> I love, I, I, I like, um, I like the way that you, uh, that you write on, on, uh, on that album, um, that, what was the name of the album that was on? Do, Do Right Man. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, so that was a great album. We played, uh, quite a few songs off of that album. Yeah, well, that was a lot of my old hits, you know, was on there and, Right. Appreciate you playing them. Yeah, and that was Aretha Franklin uh, that recorded that, right? Yes, right. Okay. But she cut Do Right Woman, Do Right Man. Right. My album was just called Do Right Man. Okay, but that was so, it was for that song, wasn't it, or not? Well, it was just, that was the title of my album, although Do Right Woman was on there. Right. The song is called Do Right Woman. Yeah. The okay. album is called Do Right Man. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and so, you got to keep it moving, Mitch. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, so now, um, one of the things when, when I started, you know, doing my research to talk to you, 
One of the songs that you wrote that I was unaware of is I'm Your Puppet. Oh, yeah. Man Spinner wrote that. Yeah, man, that's a great that's song. A, that's, an, that's, that's an endearing song. Seems like it always keeps popping up. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so those pay off down the road, too, don't they? Well, they, they bring you a little mailbox money every once in a while. Right. You know, they, these oldie stations seems to seem to keep us going these days. They don't make you rich, but uh, hey, every little bit counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I re, uh, remember a guy uh, walked into uh, the control room. He was working. I was working at an album rock station. He was working at the oldie station, and uh, he walked in and he he goes, uh, "I'm your puppet." And I said, "James and Bobby Purify." <laughs> you know, he couldn't. He got a request for it, and he didn't know who did it. <laughs> you know, but oh. but yeah, that was that was like uh, that. They were a one hit wonder, weren't they? Uh, pretty much. Uh, they had an album and a few more cuts that might have hit the charts, but mm-hmm. there's uh, stuff that happened to those guys. Uh, I believe the guy, the the Bobby guy. I think he got. I think actually he died uh, somewhere pretty not too long. Uh huh. And then and then James Purify, he he got in trouble and spent some time in a, in, in California jail. I understand. Wow. So there was problems, you know, that uh, in their career. But they had that one big hit. Mm-hmm. You know, you can listen to that now today, and it still sounds great. I was the engineer on that album. On that not album. On, on that song. Oh really. Yeah, I was twisting the knobs on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I talked to uh, I talked to a friend of yours uh, yesterday, uh, uh, Jim Gaines. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. He had some great stories to tell too. How much engineering and producing did you do? You did quite a bit of that. Well. Not a whole lot. I did. I did the box tops. I, I did a little on Ronnie Millsap before he went country. I cut an album on him, mm-hmm. and I've cut my own albums and Nobody's Fool and Seventy Three. They're at my studio in Memphis, which is right beside WHBQ. Their, their parking lot is, is where my studio used to be. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, I cut that. So I was engineering all through that. That I had my studio, and then. Uh, I, I left Memphis, and uh, when I did, uh, I didn't have a studio for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in 94, I built my studio here in the basement in my house. Right, and, and you, you live where? I live inside of Nashville. I, I don't, I'm not downtown, but I live inside. A lot of the Memphis musicians and songwriters uh, uh, moved to Nashville, I mean. Uh... Uh, cause well, it seemed like it was the only game in town there for a while. It, uh, well, the, yeah, the business is better there, isn't it? I mean, we've got a lot of artists well, here. But. in those years that I moved, which was 75, it didn't seem like anything was happening in Memphis. Uh, Stacks had gone down. Right. American had American had moved to Atlanta. Uh, I didn't really have a studio. I was just kind of dangling, and I, I said, well, it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I didn't want to go to L.A. or New York. Right. So, so I said, "Well, looks like Nash will run up the road. We'll try that." <laughs> yeah. When I- so I've been here since '75. But as far as the business goes, yeah, the business is better uh, for some of them. I mean, I'm not really part of the Nashville clique, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm still writing like I was in Muscle Shoals in Memphis. I don't I don't try to write for the country artists mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. Oh I yeah. Mean, I might write a country, I might write a country song now and again, but I'm just that's just not me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just write the same stuff I've always wrote, just whatever I feel like doing. And uh, sometimes we get a cut, sometimes we don't. Uh, more, more, more likely than we won't. Right. But I just been, I just been putting out my demos. You know, uh, I've, I've been writing for 
all these years and and, and I put I just go back in the demo file and I pick me out 12 14 songs and put them on a the CD and sell them over the internet <laughs> or if I go play a show I'll, I'll sell them on the show right right so you know I'm not getting rich but it it all helps you know yeah yeah and you're having fun and I'm having fun yeah I mean, I still have to let people know I'm still around. Uh, now, what did you do uh, when you were in Muscle Shoals? Uh, were you writing then or engineering? I was writing, and I was the second engineer at Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I got on the Purify Brothers uh, record. Rick told me one day, he said, hey, some guys coming in. said, uh, this guy Dunn Schroeder bringing some guys in the cut. I got to be somewhere. You want to do this? And I said, yeah. So I was the second engineer there for a while. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and what? What are, do you remember? Any of the other projects you worked on besides uh, James and Bobby Purify? Down there? Yeah. Well, we we just wrote. Mm-hmm. That was it. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't into. I, I wasn't. I wasn't allowed to produce. Tell you the truth, down there much. Oh, really? No, I was. Uh, I was hired to be a songwriter, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that so much that uh, there at the end, I was kind of asking Rick to let me cut somebody or something. He he didn't want me to. He wanted me to write. So that was one of the reasons uh, when the when the contract come up, I I decided to to move on because I did want to produce some records. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just had my own ideas, and I felt like I could do it in Memphis. Right. So, that's the reason I came up there. Uh-huh. Now, did you know uh, Chips in Muscle Shoals? Well, I had met him in Nashville uh, while I was still in Muscle Shoals. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had come down there to play on some stuff, and I had come to Memphis to his studio to see his little studio. And we, we were pretty tight. We, we, we liked to hang out together mm-hmm. yeah. during those days. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he was a real good guy. I mean, just real down to earth. I, I really like him. Yeah, yeah, he is. How much did you work with Reggie Young? Well, the first time I saw Reggie was uh, he came into fame to cut on something that Rick brought him down to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very young and just starting out, and he was pretty young, too. Mm-hmm. And and I, I remember I walked up to him, I said, Reggie, you're good. He said, how do you know? I ain't played a lick. And I said, I see you get to our cases all beat up. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you, I said you got to be good when you when you're like that. Yeah. <laughs> he still remembers that. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, well. He did some. Uh, he did quite. Yeah, well, I guess uh, you were involved too with a uh, with American had pumped out a lot of hits out of there. You know. Oh yeah, he was great. Uh, Reggie's still fantastic. He came over here the other night and played on a demo for me. Oh, did he really? Him and his wife, and it was. He was still still playing great. Yeah, he said uh, he's got a uh, he, he's going to be putting out a CD of uh, instrumentals. Is he? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what he was telling me last time I talked to him. But I'm looking forward well, to that. Well, he can do it, you know. Oh, I'm he telling can. you, I'm telling you. He's so, a fantastic guitar player. So now, um, now I remember uh, what Merrily Rush recorded "Angel of the Morning." Uh, at American, and you wrote a you wrote a couple of songs on her album, didn't you? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. I don't remember which one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a minute ago, but uh... it was a minute ago and about five hundred songs ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet they are hard to remember, aren't they? They are. They are. I tell you the truth. Uh, when you get a little older, the memory is not so great anyway. And then you put you put numbers on that and titles. Uh huh. Uh, I have a friend down in Alabama, down in Vernon, Alabama, uh, Eddie McNeese. 
he's a buddy of mine, and he runs a clothing store. <laughs> but in that clothing store, he's got a Dan Penn Museum. Oh, really? And he... Yeah, he collects all my stuff. He's trying to get everything that, that was ever cut, written or cut by anybody. Uh-huh. He's trying to get a copy of that. And then I give him everything I get. I, I get stuff I don't want to put on the wall. I'll give it to him, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I call him. Sometimes I'll say, what about this song? And he'll tell me about it. So, so you can see I'm getting, you can see I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering everything so well. Right. Well, you know, with that many songs, it, it, it would be hard for anybody to remember it all. It, it is. I, I don't know how many songs I've written, to tell you the truth, but uh, I, I use the word 500. I know I've written that many, maybe maybe 800. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I don't really know. Uh, there's a lot of them that never got any action, you know. Right. Well, now you said you know you just you just write what you write, and it, how do do you have a format? I mean, is it just something that'll pop in your head and you'll sit down and write, or do you sit down specifically to write? Well, uh, you know, I make a date with somebody. I like piano players. Uh huh. I like to write with piano players. So uh, you know, we make a date and we we write. It's, you know, the way I like to go is straight up the road. I don't. I don't like to fall too far over on the blues side. I don't like to fall too far over on the countryside. And what you got there is sixties pop. You know, you know that's that's what I still write sixties pop. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So so it's not in demand anymore. But uh, who knows? It may come back around. You know that the music is needing some help. Oh boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> songs these days, you know. So I just write. I mean, I've never changed my direction really. Uh, I'm not a chaser. I can't chase these boys, these country boys, and mm-hmm. all these people that are writing this funny stuff to me is funny. And uh, mm-hmm. so I just remain uh, writing Dan Penn stuff, you know. And and if that's if that gets a if that gets a cut or gets a hit, mm-hmm. well, you know, great. Right. If it don't, if it don't, I mean, like I say, I've always got the mailbox money, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That that's good to uh, to fall back on, I guess. But uh, well, it is. It, it it allows me to to do just that. If I wasn't doing that, uh, I wouldn't have any income. I'd have to. I would have to chase the what was happening, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I I all quit. Right. Right. Well, how back m- to the service station. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, how many how many dates do you do uh, a year now? I mean, do you? Do you- well, it's I was doing uh, four or five, and then it, it, and then uh, the economy has gotten so bad now that, that the calls have kind of slowed down. Uh, mm-hmm. I may go overseas uh, next this coming summer. Uh-huh. I'm working on a deal to go over there and play in Germany and Austria. Uh-huh. But uh, as far as the United States, I'll get two or three a year. Right. Okay. Well, so now, do you do you find that your music is a lot more popular overseas than here? Oh, yeah. Any any American. Yeah. Um, any American music is popular, more popular overseas than it is here. Mm-hmm. Especially like writers and stuff that are people that didn't quite make it, you know? Right. There, right. There's a... Uh, if you're a good artist, you go over there. They they love you. Uh-huh. you same same thing in Japan, Australia, all of those places. They just all love American music, you know. Right, right. Well, now, do you uh, do you consider yourself a, a Memphis music um, artist or not? Well, yes. I, I I stayed there nine years. I love Memphis. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the ponchos. Yeah, <laughs> like to to, like to go to West Memphis. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But but yeah, I'm I'm more in line with the with the Memphis Muscle Shoals artist than I am a Nashville artist. Right. I live I live here and I and I like Nashville all right. It's happening town. Mm-hmm. But uh, and the, we have a great music choice of musicians here. That's the that's the good thing. Mm-hmm. But but no, I'm I'm still a Memphian Muscle Shoals guy. Right. Right. I, I always tell them I, I live in Nashville, but don't bury me here. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, you know, uh, you and I grew up in the in the same part of town. Yeah. What what part of town was you in? Fraser. Oh, Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I lived out there. Well, I was twenty six when I cut the letter, uh-huh. and so I was living in Fraser, and I lived in Fraser the whole time I was there nine years. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, this one they came in there in '66. Yeah, '66. They consider you what they call the, the Americana now. Are you familiar with that with that term? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. What What, what do you think about that? Is that well? Does that I don't I don't really know about that, man. It's it's so variable. You know, it's like you can't put your finger on it. Right. Yeah, they'll yeah, have one. Yeah. They'll have one one guy jumping straight up and down, and then they'll have somebody singing really strange. Uh huh. I've been to two or three of those shows, and uh, I, I know some of the guys that do it, Buddy Miller and all those guys. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's good, sometimes it's questionable. Right, right. Well, and it's a little too country. It's a little too country tinged for me. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Because it's uh, what they call. Um, uh, alternative country. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's still country, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I mean, if so, I'm going to fall one way or the other, let me fall to the blue side. No kidding. <laughs> no. See, and that's what that's what I was getting at because that's you know even that um, the song I mentioned earlier, uh, Memphis Women and Fried Chicken. I mean, that's not country. That's more blues than it is country. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So is that uh, now the the music that you're writing now is it more in that vein or or like well like you said it was it's more sixties pop right? Well, I call it that. I mean, you can't go back. You know, you, I, I'm not. I, I've seen people who can, but I, I'm not really one that can go back too far. Right. I just write whatever is uh, in my mind, in my heart, whatever's in the air, mm-hmm. whatever my co-writer's got on his mind. Uh, how he plays or how I sing, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I just try to not box it in. I, you know, these days it's it's just too hard. I mean, I call it 60s pop. That's as close as I can get to it. Right. right. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's not R&B like I wrote in Muscle Shoals. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's, it's, still, it's still R&B style. Right. Well, now, it seems like I read somewhere um, that you were, do you have a, a CD that you're working on now? Well, I'm always working on one. I just put <laughs> one out. Oh, did you really? I just released my third demo series uh-huh. CD. It's called uh, I Need a Holiday. Oh, that's, okay. That's available on danpen.com. Okay. There's okay. three of them there that's, that that I've done over the last uh, five seven years, uh-huh. and 
the new one is, is pretty good, I think. So so you're not affiliated with the label, you just do it yourself? No, I just got website. my own label, Dandy Records. Uh-huh. I just, I just, I make them, I press them, I, I, I put them on the internet, I sell them. I sell a lot of them overseas and uh, some in America. Uh-huh. And when I go play a show, I'll, uh, I'll uh, sell some of the show or something and it's on the lowdown, you know. This is home brewed stuff. This is not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't a slick, uh, big production number, you know. It's uh, right. Well, see, and that's what I like about your music. When I when I was at the Pig, you know, when I we were playing your songs there, uh, one of the disc jockeys there played played uh, something by Alex Chilton and said um, said, you know, Alex is the one who wrote. All the box tops hits, <laughs> and I I walked in the control room and I went, "Are you an idiot or what?" <laughs> You're one of a of a handful of people that I think are really great examples of what Memphis music is all about, and uh, and, and it goes everywhere. You know, I mean, it's not just like well, I a still, regional you thing. Know, I still think a lot about Memphis. So it's so. It was my favorite city that I ever lived in. Yeah, didn't you write, you wrote a song called Raining in Memphis, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that was on Nobody's Fool. That's the record yeah. I cut at my studio over there. Right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, that was a good song. Yeah, and we played that at the Pig, too. We played that one, too. Mm-hmm. So, Drip Drop, It's Raining in Memphis. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just like, good old down home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's... Uh, you know, so when uh, when I was uh, talking to Reggie Young, and he brought your name up, and it was just like, God, you know how to get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's the one that sicked me on you, but but. Well, uh, Reggie's a good friend, and anybody he points me toward, I'm I'm willing to talk to him. Right. Well, I really appreciate it. I respect Reggie about as much as anybody I can think of. I, me too. Me too. And I I met him. Um, back in 1970, I, I really enjoyed getting to know Reggie and Chips and and uh, Bobby Wood. I think was there then as uh, really good people. Yep. So. Bobby yeah. Wood, Bobby Emmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm so playing with old Bobby Emmons now. I mean, he's going and playing keyboards with me. Just me and him, just me and him. Uh huh. And on a good night, it's all right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We don't need a band if it's a good night. We they put us in a nice close up club, you know, where you people are listening. It's uh-huh. it can be good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Instead of uh, drinking and and, and yeah, we don't we don't <laughs> we don't survive those drunk uh, those drunk <laughs> clubs. Uh, don't don't book me in one of them. I've been booked in a couple of those, and it's it's painful, you know. Uh huh. So we don't have any drums or anything to make a big. You know, there's nothing to. Uh, you can hear everything, so if somebody, you know, is drunk and crazy, you can really hear it, and it, it gets against you. But if you got a drum and a, a whole band, you can just, you never hear what's going on in the crowd. Right. But uh, they can they can kill you, man. If you if you don't if you don't have the drums and all, if you're in a if you're in the wrong place. So I'm kind of I'm a little bit touchy about where I play, but mm-hmm. uh, you know if it if it seems okay, I'll go. Right. Well, so what, what can you tell me about uh, the uh, sessions with the box tops? Well, uh, not a lot. I, I can tell you that I, uh, Alex would just come in and uh, I'd give him the song. Well, on the Cry Like a Baby, uh, Spooner and I had just gotten through with it that morning. 
Mm-hmm. He, oh, really? He, yeah. He came in and said, uh, I played it to him, and he said, yeah, man, I like that. I was, you know, the rest of the guys were listening to it, the band, and uh, mm-hmm. Reggie and all, King Crispin and all the guys. And uh, they said, yeah, let's cut it. So, so we cut it, and Reggie was pl- was holding it. We always got the new stuff that come out. seemed like everybody sent something to America because it was a hot studio. Right. Then I walked up to Reggie. He was holding that sitar, electric sitar, and I said, uh-huh. I said, Reggie, you going to play that on the session? And he said, uh, yeah, I think I might. And I said, I think you could make it cry like a baby. He said, I'll figure out something. <laughs> 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 and what he played was that, that what is, you know, that thing. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I was never more more happy in my life when we cut that. Yeah. But, but Alex was a real good artist. I mean, you know, he didn't, I've, I've heard, funny things about him through the years since I hadn't worked with him but uh-huh. he was a good he was a good kid when when he came in there to work with me he, he didn't give ever give me any trouble or mm-hmm. uh, you know he just came in we he, I'd give him the songs he he learned them well and he, and he came in and he sang them great yeah he sure so, did so I, I I liked Alex he was a good cat mm-hmm I didn't hang out with him ever, you know. I didn't get to know him, know him. Right, right. But uh, in the studio, he was a professional. Mm-hmm. And at a young age too. Right. Yeah. See, that's what I had heard about him is that uh, he, how professional he was. I mean, he was like, what was he like, sixteen, eighteen? Sixteen, or like I that? think, when we cut the letter. Right. Yeah, and he had a. He was sixteen years old and had a number one hit. Yeah, it's kind of of hard to take, you know. I know, I know. And so, you know, you got to figure that you're doing something right. So uh, how how many albums did they have? They had, what, two or three? Yeah, I cut cut a couple of them. Mm Mm-hmm. I cut, I believe I cut two albums. Right. And uh, a lot of work in there. But, you know, you talk about the engineering duties. I did all of that, but I hadn't really cut a lot of people. Since those days, uh, uh, you know, I don't get asked to. I didn't, never got asked too much, uh-huh. and and uh, I never did really go after trying to play the game of being a big producer. I mean, you know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mind working, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, for some reason, I never did feel like I wanted to be on call all the time. And so that's that's given me a little more leadway on staying staying like I was in the sixties as far as writing and cutting. I still cut the same way. I don't I don't change. Mhm. So you know, it I don't about, about the only people I'm cutting right now is myself. Every once in a while I get an artist. I got a guy coming over from London here around the first of February, we're gonna do an album. Uh huh. Here in the studio and uh, no, I'll do. I'll, I mostly cut for friends now, you know. Yeah. If, if I'm, if I know you and I want to do it, uh, I'll do it. That's why I built my studio where I could do what I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, now, didn't you? Didn't you work with uh, Delbert McClinton quite a bit, or not? No, I know Delbert, and uh-huh. uh, I've written a couple of times with Delbert uh-huh. on, on back there a piece, but. Uh, he got to cutting country too, so 
Yeah, he sure did. He sure and, did. And uh, usually I walk away when you do that. <laughs> and what a great singer, you know, what a great blues singer. I know. And in that country, you know, I just, I love old Delbert, but I didn't particularly like that part. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I seemed like I had seen that you guys had. Did you ever tour with him? No. Oh, okay. For some reason, no, I never seen, did. I had a lot yeah. of friends that did. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, because some of his earlier stuff uh, before he got into the country um, was pretty much in the same vein of what you were doing. Yeah, it's you know it was a Texas blues pop, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and he was he was great at it, and it still is. I'm sure if he opens his mouth, he'll fall right out of it. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I just I'm not anti-country. I'm just not. I'm just not. I don't listen to it. You know? Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't I write a lot of it. I mean, if mm-hmm. a country writer came to me, uh, you know, uh, I mean, an artist, a country art, country artist, uh-huh. and I was writing for with him or with her, a country artist or something. Of course, I write country, country as I can be. Mm-hmm. But, but then again, today I I wonder, what is country? Yeah, you know, yeah. country country is very uh, rock and roll, uh, rock and roll uh, guitars and stuff. That, yeah, that yeah, makes me now. wonder what is this. <laughs> yeah. but, but I guess I guess a lot of I guess a lot of people like that. Evidently, they probably still selling records. Mm-hmm. But, you know, country to me was, uh, you know, all the old cats, you know. Right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, Dan. Thank you, uh, Mitch. Thanks for the interest, son. Make sure you're with us next time on Memphis Music Interview. Memphis Music History Told from the Inside. I'm Mitch McCracken, and I hope to see you then. Memphis Music Interview is a Get Cracken production.